It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we're on the campus of Lock Haven University. In Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, and we are broadcasting live in front of a studio audience. Excellent, and we are here to uh, honor the students of Lock Haven University for their community service with a project they have known as the Talent Show, and uh, it benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Talent Show. We've got a little preview coming up for you, too, with one of the uh, students that's going to perform at the Talent Show, and we bring on uh, the broadcast now, Jack, who's part of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Tell us about the Talent Show. Uh, It's going to be a good one. Uh, you're going to see a lot of good talents with all the teams, and you're going to expect a big show. Who decides who gets on the show? Do you, are you on the board that like says you're in, you're out? Actually, uh, each team uh, come up, comes up with a talent, oh. and uh, you can have the whole team. You can have a few representatives. Uh, you can show off your talent. What team are you on? I'm on the uh, track team here at Lockheed. And what is the track team going to do for their talent? Uh we're going to decide just before we go on stage, but I think we're going with a push-up contest. And this talent show is tomorrow night. Yeah. You don't know what your talent is. Uh, You're not going to win. <laughs> we're pretty confident. Pretty confident with your push-up contest? Yes. Well, this is not television. It's radio. Let me just describe to our listeners that you're about 104 pounds. I don't think you're going to win the push-up contest. <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, let's bring our next guest on. This is Cheese. Hi, how are you? Oh, this could be a disaster. Yeah. I think, yeah, exactly. uh, I don't know what I'm stepping into here. Cheese, uh, what is your team? Uh, baseball. Baseball, and what is your talent tomorrow? Oh, I'm not in it. <laughs> Bri- You're not, then why did they volunteer exactly you? Exactly my point. Brian's in it. He's going to be playing the piano and singing as well. And uh, so what is, besides the piano, what is the talent of the baseball team? I'm not really sure. Let's just pretend that we're in the shower, not together, but we're in the shower and there's nobody in the room and you have to sing. What would you sing? Go. Um, uh, 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 what's your favorite song? Somehow I don't think Make-A-Wish Foundation is going to get any money tomorrow. If, the, if we have a push-up contest and cheese, who won't sing? What do you want me to sing? Um... Um, well, this one is for our pitcher, Nick Cummings, up there, his uh, walkout song. It's, started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> started from the bottom, now our whole team's here. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> Let's have a round of applause for Cheese. All right. Okay. Well, I'm sure the, the real talent will emerge tomorrow night on stage for the Lock Haven University uh, talent show to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, Jack, before we let you go, uh, can we learn more about this online? Is there a Facebook page devoted to this or anything? Yeah, there is. Sure. Okay. So we will just encourage you to Google Lock Haven University talent show. Um, call Zach or, Z- or Cheese. I'm sorry. Call Cheese if you want a really bad singer for your wedding. And uh, we... Either way, we honor uh, everybody here at Lock Haven University for your community service and the hard work you do for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Let's give yourselves a round of applause. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. 
Get to know the radio show at adamritzshow.com. We thank you again for uh, listening to the Adam Ritz Show as we continue now from the campus of Penn State University. We are with the football team, and I have a special football player with us uh, from the Nittany Lions, Eric Shrive. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Adam? Eric, first of all, uh, tell us about your, um, your status on the team. What year are you? What position are you? I'm a fifth-year offensive lineman um, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I'm the president of uh, Uplifting Athletes. I knew you were an offensive lineman. Uh, what do we got? Six foot six, three ten. Uh, about three twenty-five, okay. but six six. Yeah. I didn't think you were a wide receiver. <laughs> uh, although Penn State football, you never know. You guys are so big. Uh, and, and you're from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just got to ask you then. What, what do you think? Uh, being from Scranton, what do you think of the office? Oh, I actually don't really watch it. You're kidding me. No, I don't. I thought maybe people from Scranton would, would have some sort of special cult, crazy following of that TV show since it's filmed in Scranton. Yeah. When you watch the show, if you, well, you don't watch it, but if you're flipping channels, you see the beginning of it, yeah. do you recognize those buildings yeah, and everything? you can see some, uh, some of the entrances. The entrance is definitely from Scranton, and uh, you know some local teams uh, send the uniforms and stuff to make it authentic, but it's pretty cool. So. Now, now, why don't you watch the show? Uh, I just never really got into it. <laughs> That's great. Okay, student-athlete from Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania, now uh, offensive lineman with Penn State and Nittany Lions. He's Eric Shrive, and I want to talk to you about your community service with a program called Uplifting Athletes. Uh, I guess just start from the beginning. What is it? Uh, well, about 11 years ago, wide receiver on the team, Scott Shirley, uh, got a horrific phone call from his mother that his father had kidney cancer. Um, you know, they went to Sloan Kettering, they went to all the cancer centers, and they were basically told to go home and die. And within six months, he'll be dead. He went back, he was devastated, he came back to his apartment, and uh, a guy by the name of Damone Jones was in his roommate, and he said, you know what, Scott, we're Penn State football, let's do something about it. So they talked to the strength coach, um, John Thomas, and they put together a lift for life. And what it really lift for life really is is that during every summer, we invite the fans to come watch us work out, um, and it's evolved since the new staffs got here. And we, you know, it's a big charity event. They come out, we raise money, they watch us work out, they can buy stuff. There's an auction. So over the years, it's really just changing. And uh, that first year, they raised thirteen thousand dollars, and it really it was lift for life while he was here. He got out, he was working for a firm in D.C., and he said, you know what, let's start uplifting athletes. So he started uplifting athletes. Um, Non nonprofit organization, and they've branched out to 20 chapters um, within all major college football, and their mission is to align college football teams with the rare disease that's specific to them. So we carry the kidney cancer disease in Scott's honor for his father, and uh, we raise our money for kidney cancer, but new chapters, they raise money for something that's prevalent to their school. So over the years, um, he's really he's working on growing it um, to something you know that's it's an awesome experience for myself as a student athlete because it puts me in a business setting with a lot of local businesses and really lets me make decisions um, with people involved with football and with the outside community. And over, I just really fell in love with it, and I've raised seventy thousand dollars in the four years. Um, wow! I have a goal of thirty thousand this year to make a hundred within my five years here, and uh, I won the national rare disease champion award. Um, which was given to me in March, which is, you know, it's a great honor. Um, something that people really need to know about what we're doing here for, you know, a great cause. That's fantastic. Uh, now, when you graduate and move on, who, 
I guess, is there an election? Who gets to be the next president of uh, uplifting uh, athletes here at Penn State? Yeah, well, you know, there's an election every year. Um, it so, is an election. Yeah, so for the past two years, I held the vice president role, and uh, you know, I ran for president this year and um, was unopposed. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's really a group, 15, 20 guys on the team that are really heavily involved in it. And the neat thing about it is that we have different positions, secretary, vice president, head of operations, fundraising chair, where we really try to get as many people involved as we could because the coaches and and support staff really are have a minimal role in the planning of the event. So the event teaches us how to work in a business setting to get the facilities rented out, to get, you know, an ambulance on staff, you know, to media, to get some communication majors on the team to market the event. And really we do everything from fundraising to the date of the event, setting everything up, um, is really run by uplifting athletes with the help of Scott and the parent organization. And you go out into the organiza- or the community, rather, uh, coat and tie and have business meetings with potential sponsors and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's really cool. Uh, you got different uh, sponsorships. You know, I just heard from the local Rotary Club. Uh, they want me to come speak next week. Um, we get into, you know, alumni um, conferences. When they come to campus, we really try to pitch our charity. Um, you know, Penn State has a lot of great charitable causes. Um, Dance Marathon just raised $12 million yep. for pediatric brain cancer, or pediatric cancer. So, I mean, it's really competitive in the charitable organizations because there's so much going on here. And I think I find it very interesting to be able to, you know, just get get amongst my peers and, and really, uh, you know, learn some values that are going to help me down the road 10, 15 years from now when I'm competing for a job. He's Eric Strive, Penn State football player and president of the Uplifting Athletes chapter here at Penn State. It was originated here 10 years ago. You say 20 other teams are doing it. Do you know, top of your head, what some of those teams are? Yeah, uh, I know Maryland has one. Ohio State has one. Boston College has one. Um, They just expanded into the SEC with uh, South Carolina. I know that he, uh, Scott had a meeting last week with... uh, Rich Rodriguez out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's really expanding um, to even um, schools like Colgate and uh, schools like that 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 aren't um, on such a big scale. And it's really, it, you know, the cool thing about it is that as president, as vice president, we get to go to the leadership convention and meet these guys from the other team and, like, really work with, you know, some guys from other team and bounce ideas, fundraising ideas yeah. off them. And, you know, since I've been so successful with raising funds, you know, it's a lot – you know, it's you know something to help help other schools because you know it's not like we're competing together against each other fundraising, but uh, you know we're all in it for a great cause, and you know every school has their own charity, and and it's it's, it's something special. The neat thing I'm hearing is that. Um it's re- even though it's been around 10 years here at Penn State, it's just starting to branch out nationally. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be a major Division One football program. It can be not only D2, D3, this could even reach high schools. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the funny you say that, uh, I was just in a meeting last week. Um, there's a grad, grad class here working with Scott, and uh, they came up with a platform to implement it into high schools. So uh, we're going to be working with my high school, um, my brothers on the school board, to try to get it implemented and see how it takes off. You know, high schools, and they pick their college, you know, if they're Pennsylvania high school and they want to. Because right now we have a, a high school in Mechanicsburg. They run the mini Lift for Life, and all, they donate all their funds to our Lift for Life. Okay. So, you know, it's going to be something neat where – um, I think in the next 10, 15 years, this is going to be the equivalent to coaches versus cancer with the basketball has. And, you know, to put things into perspective, on a major college basketball team, they have 15 guys, and they play in front of crowds of 15,000. Yeah. So 
the potential that this has. You know, you have guys, teams of 110 players playing in front of a crowds between 40 and 110,000 people. Yeah. This thing is really, it's it's growing, and I think it's about to take off, and uh, and really it's something that I think everyone should be involved in, you know, because being a part of a student-athlete, things that Penn State have taught me, Coach O'Brien, Coach Paterno, is that you have to give them back to the community. It's not just about strapping up on Saturdays and, and playing football. It's about, you know, being a role model in the community and really giving back. That's inspirational. Uh, before I let you go, Eric Shrive, uh, let's talk football. Uh, now, when you're my age or older, you'll think back to your college playing days, and you'll probably be most proud of the work you're doing with uplifting athletes. But how about on the field? Give me your best memory as a football player uh, here at Penn State. You know, the best memory we have is uh, contributing to the win this year with the Wisconsin game, the last game of the season. You know, it was sort of like our bowl game. Um, we had a great group of seniors last year, and everything that happened, they really held us together. So really just to go out there and contribute in that game to, uh, you know, help the seniors go out on a winning note. And then, you know, just really looking forward to this last year as a senior year two with Coach O'Brien, and uh, I love playing for him and uh, his staff, and I just really can't wait to get uh, get started. Eric Shrive, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate your community service. We wish you the best of luck in the future. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. And we continue our visit with Sacred Heart University. I'm with Janice Kessler. Hi, Janice. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing great, and I want to talk to you about booze, alcohol. That's what you know most about, right? Yep. As... Alcohol counselor, I, or what would be the I full am, title? I am the Alcohol and Other Drug Intervention and Prevention Specialist at Sacred Heart. All the students who violate the alcohol and drug policy two or more times or have some other extenuating circumstance with alcohol and drugs would have the opportunity to meet with me for two sessions. Yeah, I bet they love that. They love it. <laughs> they come in here very happy, big smiles on their face. So as I'll just call you alcohol counselor because that was uh, – I don't know how you fit that on your business card. I don't either. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier off mic about blood alcohol level and uh, blood alcohol content, BAC. And from a social awareness point of view, we cover a lot of these social awareness issues on the show. And, you know, we can talk about DUIs and getting drunk and making a bad decision. But from your chair and your expertise in blood alcohol level, uh, how does that math work with, I know, you know, tolerance, height, weight, um, from a branding perspective, we all know that .08 is illegal. That's too drunk to drive. Um, some could argue .08 isn't even that drunk. I can drive. I'm fine. Let's do the math. What's the blood alcohol level? How many drinks okay. for a guy my size? I mean, just tell well, me some of that. Let me start by saying this. Um, I give kudos to all those health educators in middle school and high school who taught every one of our students about blood alcohol content and what happens after you ingest alcohol. But interesting enough, it gets deleted, that information, by the time they're freshmen in college. So every student comes into my office, I ask, do you know where alcohol goes after you ingest it? And the number one answer is it goes to my liver. And the second question is, how does it get there? And I usually get a pretty blank stare. And the reality is it, it goes into your bloodstream. So blood alcohol content is how much alcohol related to the volume of blood is circulating in your bloodstream. What most college students don't realize is their higher tolerance they have, which they think is a pretty good thing, it mean, all that means is that their brain is adapted to the effects of alcohol, so it takes more and more alcohol to get the desired effect. Therefore, more and more alcohol is in your bloodstream. Depending on how much you weigh, 
and how much you drink and over what period of time will affect what your blood alcohol level is. So it's not about whether you think you're sober or you think you're in control or you perceive someone to be less drunk than somebody else because somebody with a very high tolerance may not look that impaired, but their blood alcohol level could be at very dangerous amounts. What students do remember is that for every ounce of alcohol they drink, it takes the liver one hour to process. Mm -hmm. So if you're drinking a water bottle size of vodka, that's 16.9 ounces. Therefore, it's going to take 16.9 hours before all that alcohol is eliminated from your system. If you're with someone who's very drunk, a lot of college students will say, oh, we have to sober that person up. Let's give them some fluids. Well, I don't know about you, but I never heard of anybody being able to dilute their bloodstream. The alcohol is in their blood. So it's good to be hydrated if you're drunk. It's a great thing, but you cannot pee it out through your blood. You can't dilute your bloodstream. You can, there's nothing you can do to speed up the process of elimination from alcohol. So if you're somebody who's drinking a 16.9-ounce uh, water bottle of uh, vodka, let's say, pre-gaming, um, go, to, go to a blood alcohol calculator. You can find one on your computer. Enter in the amount of ounces of alcohol you have. Enter in your weight, whether or not you're male or female. Press the Calculate button, and you will discover what your blood alcohol content is. 0 0.08 is the legally impaired limit if you're 21 or over, you know, for drunk driving. There's zero tolerance if you're under 21 for any alcohol in your system. But any amount above that is, is impairment, period. Mm -hmm. So uh, most students don't realize, you know, and all that alcohol is circulating in your bloodstream through every single organ of your body. So it's not like it's a little train and it goes up to your brain and it gets off the bloodstream and you get buzzed and you have a really good time. No, it circulates in your body. So if you're drinking eight ounces, it's circulating in your body for eight hours going through your muscles, your heart, your lungs, your liver, your kidney. Where does your blood go? That's where the alcohol goes. You do that on a regular basis. In four years, you will graduate from college, hopefully with a degree and possibly some liver damage. I'm so glad you're not my mom. <laughs> I, I, think I feel so son, bad for your my, kids. My kids would agree with you. <laughs> You know, we hear uh, in the media about uh, like a 0.4 blood alcohol level, that, how that's certain death. Uh, sometimes uh, there's some talk about tolerance. Someone will have a 0.5 or, uh, or someone will die with a 0.29. I mean, it, it's really up to the individual. Um, it, it's crazy how these things work out. What are some of the, I, I guess I don't want to name names on campus here at Sacred Heart University, but do you get this kind of... Uh, the reports from the hospital, if some kid gets rushed to the hospital, or what are the blood alcohol levels? What are the dangerous levels you okay. see? So first, I'm going to start by saying, thankfully, that most of our students here at Sacred Heart do not get transported to the hospital, and most of our students do not have alcohol poisoning. And even many students who get transported to the hospital don't have not necessarily had a fatal dose of alcohol. The thing is that uh, the RAs, public safety, their friends who are observing them, they can't possibly know how much alcohol is still in their stomach or in their bloodstream. And so I always tell students, if they're the least bit wondering if somebody's had too much to drink, err on the side of sending them to the hospital. Because an alcohol poisoning can occur after somebody has fallen asleep or passed out, because if the alcohol is still in their stomach, it, can, it hasn't yet been absorbed into their bloodstream, and you can have an alcohol overdose. So the good news is that most of our students have not had an alcohol poisoning and will never have an alcohol poisoning. I have had situations here 
with students who have had extremely high tolerance. Um, probably the highest I ever saw here was like a 0.63, which is actually, I have a chart here and it doesn't even go to 0.63. Wow. Based on what they reported, they would have had a 0.63. Now, if they've thrown up some of the alcohol, uh -huh. then that's a good thing because they've rejected. What's interesting is I'll get students in here who are pretty proud of the fact that they don't throw up. And what they don't realize is that their tolerance is high. And, and college students think that having a high tolerance means they have more control. But they're not really thinking it through. Having a high tolerance means that, again, that your brain has adapted to the effects. Uh -huh. But you can be a functional alcoholic. Most functional alcoholics, and I've been doing this for 30 years, so I've met over 2,000 alcoholics in my career, will have incredibly high tolerance. That doesn't mean they can't be alcoholic. In fact, you're more likely to become alcoholic if you have a high tolerance to alcohol than if you don't. It's much safer to have a lower tolerance. And I could also like to say to students, and you'll also save a lot of money yeah. if you keep your tolerance <laughs> down. <laughs> She's Janice Kessler, the alcohol counselor at Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut. And before we let you go, I have to comment on your accent. Very New York. This is so East Coast. I can hear it. You look surprised. You thought you got I'm rid of that accent? Yeah, I've been in New York for 20 years. I still have a well, New York accent. Well, I'm in the Midwest, so I can hear it. I'm sure you think I sound like a redneck. I have got a Midwest yeah, accent. I wasn't thinking about it, but now that you mentioned it. Now you can hear it. So we are, uh, you were mentioning, in greater New York. Uh, New York how area. far are we from Manhattan? About an hour. Okay, so as a, a New York girl at heart, tell us about the city. What's your favorite part about going to uh, oh, Manhattan uh, and I'd all move, that? I would move back in a heartbeat. I love. I loved raising my family here, but I do love. What's What's exciting about Manhattan? You got your last New York hour? trip. Uh, last in 60 trip. seconds, right. go. Okay. I went to Caroline's Comedy Club for my birthday <laughs> with my kids, and I saw oh oh, what's his name? He's on the Larry David Show. Um, Jeff. I want to say Booker or E.J. Booker or like some, some, I can't think of his name. I don't remember his name. Funny. And I think what was even funnier is I went with my kids. You know, they're old enough now. They're 21 and 24. Is watching my son laugh to the point that I thought he was going to pee in his pants. I mean, to be able to, and now we're all going out to a comedy club. You have to be over 21 to go, you know, to find something as a family that we can do that's <laughs> off color um, and very New York. Yeah. And to, you know, it was great. So that's, that's the last thing I did in New York. Okay, well, I want you to, uh, we'll end this with really play up your New York accent, really go overboard and say, this is Janice Kessler and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. You know what, throw in your title, too. This is Janice Kessler, the alcohol director at Sacred Heart University, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. Get as New York as you possibly can. Yo! <laughs> Yo! This is Janice Kessler from New York. No, from Fairfield, Connecticut, talking to you from The Adam Ritz Show. <laughs> the Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. This is freshman orientation at Waldorf College. We're in uh, Forest City, is that correct? Yes, Forest City. Forest City, Iowa. Waldorf College is a liberal arts college, and we have our first guest, Ray, with us. Hi, Ray. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, and you are a theater major, communications major? Communications. We cover a lot of um, social issues on this radio show, and I thought maybe uh, just pulled one out of my hat. Um, we want to talk about child obesity, and um, really the, not because you're a fat kid, you're not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> this is radio, you can't see Ray, he's a very good looking guy, and he's in great shape, I'd say about 3% body fat. 
Yes, about three percent. No, about no, I'm fat right now, so I'm about ten percent. Ten percent. Okay, that's still pretty low. All right, I think I'm about twenty-seven and a half percent. So you're in good shape. Okay. So um, just some thoughts from maybe the front row as far as this microphone can go. Some quick ideas on how kids can stay active to get out of the house from behind the computer, eat an apple, and stay active. Um, they should probably stop playing video games and join a sport. Join a sport. Okay. What do you think? Sounds great. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We're off to a great start so far. Okay. What do you think? Go to the park. Go to the park. And so, you know, does it seem to you like kids today just sit in the basement and don't do anything? Yeah, pretty much. They just sit there and play video games. Okay. So at your local park, there's all kinds of stuff to do there, right? Yeah, there's slides, swings, merry-go-rounds. Yeah. <laughs> no? All right. You were, you, you were at the park all day, weren't you? Yeah. All right. What do you think? Yeah, parks. Uh, I hear the mall has a great uh, roller coaster or something like that. So maybe they. Well, yeah, the Mall of America. They yeah, 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 they've got the theme park up there in uh, Minneapolis. And um, what if? Uh, what are you? Eighteen now? Yes. What's your name? Jack. Jack, if you were four years old, what do you miss most about being four years old? Just outside in general, you know, just playing tag, freeze tag, ball tag, you know, any kind of tag, that was the best, so yeah. That's, that's the answer we're looking for, tag and freeze tag. I missed that too. Let's take a commercial break and start a big game of freeze tag right here at Waldorf College, okay? Can we do that? What do you think, Ray? I like the idea. Okay, we're fighting child obesity uh, one child at a time. It's a public service announcement from your friends at Waldorf College. You want to join us on the uh, Twitter machine, go ahead and follow at Adam Ritz. And we want to thank our uh, newest followers, Aaron Rogers. Uh, also, Circle City Rock is uh, checking out the Adam Ritz Show. Thank you, at Circle City Rock. And at K-A-O-E-F. This Twitter account is raising funds for the benefit of uh, the order, giving back, building relationships, and supporting the brothers of at Kalpa Alpha Order. Uh, thank you, everybody, for following and uh, checking out the radio show. Again, the Twitter is at Adam Ritz. We are joined by Robbie from Farewell, My Love. Hey, Robbie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Robbie's a member of, um, uh, what would you categorize the genre of your music in the band, Farewell, My Love? Um, we, we call it theatrical rock because it's, you know, we're, we're a rock band, but we add a lot of visual theatrical aspects to it that... Um, you know, with lots of different orchestral instruments and whatnot, so it's very visual. Well, visually, there's no mistaking you're in a band. I mean, if I could just describe you real quick for our listeners, um, blonde and brunette hair, all at the same time, long, it's blonde in the middle, brunette on the end, um, <laughs> thick, dark eye makeup, a couple of red crosses on your cheek. I mean, there's no doubt you're in a band. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think people get that, get that idea when they see me. And you yeah. are lead, lead guitar. Yes, sir. And I've seen you play. You guys are killer. And real quick, let's get your uh, digital properties out of the way for your band. How can people find your music, download your music? Um, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Farewell, My Love. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash official. So we're, we're everywhere. Okay. And the reason we brought you on this broadcast is to talk about um, suicide prevention in a... In a an organization, I guess a website, a movement, a social awareness cause that I'm not even familiar with. And what is that called? Uh, to Write Love on Our Arms and Music Saves Lives. Because we're, uh, they're both suicide prevention and self-harm prevention kind of uh, things. And, you know, that's what, we, that's what we stand for and that's what we try and do is uh, 
give kids inspiration to not hurt themselves and not do things that they'll regret in the future just because there's a lot of there's a lot of kids out there with bad home lives and just messed up stuff going on and we just want to let them know that uh, they're not alone and that they don't need to hurt themselves and that they need to just push forward because they they can get somewhere in the future you know they um they need to know, yeah, like I said, they need to know that they're not alone. Do you want to yeah, add anything? Yeah, on? definitely in this band, like, uh, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, and we've all experienced amazing, tragic events. Um, you know, I don't really want to go into details, but I, I just, like, feel like that music has brought us together as a band and has, like, formed this friendship and a family that we, we have together, and we want to share that with everybody else. And, you know, like, we, we hope that people can, like, see, like, in our lyrics, like, in our emotion and our passion in our music, that like you know there there is this amazing life to live you know i know i've experienced it like you know like i've gone through like really deep depressions and stuff like that but um you know it this this makes me happy and i i just want to make other people happy that's a great message yeah suicide prevention harming yourself it's such a final decision if you go that route there's no tomorrow yeah. so uh, it's great you guys are bringing awareness to that and it's music save lives i'm gonna assume music saves lives.org or some sort of variation yeah. of that um you know like uh we, we've been talking and like uh you know eventually when we get off this tour like i mean we're, we're fresh you know out out there so um you know like we want to contact them we want to get it involved and we want to make sure that like we voice like our uh, our beliefs on, or not beliefs, but uh, you know, just speak like how like we we feel and like how you know we want to impact other people's lives. Okay, that's uh, Charlie and Robbie from uh, Farewell, My Love. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, I, I wish I could dress like you guys. You guys look cool <laughs> as hell. Thank I can you. tell you that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, and we want again push you towards their music. Uh, just search on iTunes, Farewell, My Love, yes, and yep. uh, support suicide prevention. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.